Jackstraw presents The Day My Mother's Head Exploded. Boom, boom, boom. Goodbye, my Coney Island baby. baby. Farewell, my own true love. There's something about that experience that was very freeing because it was just a typical Friday morning for me, you know, and all of a sudden by the end of the day I was almost dead. Fifteen years ago, my mother had a brain aneurysm when she was only 46 years old. I've come to refer to it as the day my mother's head exploded. For those who don't know, and I didn't either, a brain aneurysm is a bulging spot on the wall of a brain artery, kind of like a thin balloon that can pop at the slightest provocation. When that happens, 50% of people die within minutes. The mother I grew up with died that day and was replaced by an entirely different person who just happens to have the same memories and body and family and address as my dead mother. Oh, I know what we can do. We'll sing, Hannah. Okay, oh. okay, ready? Bum, 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 goodbye, my Coney Island baby. <laughs> Hello, my own true love. That's my mother and I singing together. My mother never used to sing. Now she'll erupt into song at the mere hint of an attentive audience. A few years ago, she branched out into composition and wrote a song about Wendy's because she loves going there so much. Last year, she got a tattoo above her left knee, a little red heart on a green stem. She always wears a pair of Groucho Marx glasses when she picks me up from the airport. I tell myself, my mother wasn't always like this. My mother used to be very proper, very meticulous, very aware of social conventions. The ones that usually discourage people from wearing Groucho Marx glasses while singing Hey Good Lookin' in the middle of an airport. It was Friday the 20th of August, and I woke up with a bad headache. And in the past, I go to an aerobics class, and um, my headache would go away. And it was just like magic. It was it was great. And I went to the aerobics class, and I worked out a little bit, and the headache just kept getting worse and worse. I was really overcome by this headache, you know. And somebody took it upon themselves to call 911, and I was laying on the couch, and all these little men came in with a stretcher and whisked me off to... St. Francis Hospital in Beacon. And that's the last thing I remember for four months. When I finally arrived by my mother's bedside, my stepfather led me into the tiny room where my mother lay hooked up to every conceivable wire and monitor. I took her hand just to let her know that I was finally there, and she responded with a surprisingly tight squeeze. She knew her only child was there, and her spirit wanted to let me know how happy she was, but her fragile body just couldn't handle it. Every monitor in the room went crazy. Alarm bells went off. The room became this living thing, hissing and beeping, consuming my mother's lifeblood. Nurses and doctors filled the room. My mother tightened her grip on my hand, and then I fainted. It turns out that was the second time my mother died and was revived. The first was in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. Eventually, her condition stabilized. She was moved into neurological intensive care. 
It was this large room staffed by two nurses working with three other patients who came and went with regularity, stroke victims, head injuries, cerebral hemorrhages, while my mother stayed put until they could finally operate to repair her aneurysm sometime in October. I was in a new age phase at this point in my life, so I insisted on putting healing crystals under her pillow and playing tapes of ocean waves and massaging her feet to make sure the chi was flowing. I'd sit outside in the sunshine and meditate, trying to reach my mother on the astral plane, but the only message I ever received was that she was still deciding whether to stay or go. In early November, my mother had been moved into a regular hospital room, and she was able to sit up and talk a little bit and was conscious, although not exactly coherent. One day, I couldn't help but ask my mother where she thought her spirit had gone while the rest of her lay unconscious at the Westchester Medical Center. She told me she'd been in Vietnam. Well, I remember that I was um, a little old man in Vietnam, and I grew vegetables. It has something to do with reincarnation, I think. I don't know if that was a previous life, or that's the life I'm going to, or what, but it was so far away from anything I know now. I know nothing about vegetables, and I know nothing about Vietnam, and I know nothing about being a little old man, but that's what it was. When Christmas came around, my mother was still just the shell of a person. She could barely talk. She still had a feeding tube coming out of her stomach. She needed help going to the bathroom. She was using a walker. Really, she should not have been outside of a nursing facility. I had to learn to walk again. I had to learn to climb stairs. I had to learn to read again. But I had to learn to do everything all over again because I just had to start from scratch almost. It was a real weird sensation being 46 years old and having to learn to walk again. Over the months, I had become my mother. I taught myself to cook because she'd been a gourmet. I kept the house immaculate because she always had. My father and I talked about what we'd done that day over a glass of wine or on really bad days a martini because that was his routine with my mother. I began to see for the first time that my stepfather was a really great husband, and I enjoyed his friendship a lot. But the better my mother got, the less my father needed me to fill that role, so the more I became the cantankerous, argumentative stepdaughter again. It was just really time to go home. In February, my mother was released from the hospital. In March, my grandmother came to take over the caregiving duties, and I returned to Chicago to pick up my life where I left off. When I returned home, I found myself grieving and feeling really guilty about it. I ordered myself to have patience, to wait it out. I was her daughter. She needed me. And then slowly, very slowly, this other person began to emerge. I used to be very perfectionist-oriented. Now, if things are perfect, that's nice. If they're not so perfect, it's okay. (laughs) It's all just okay. Yeah, yeah, everything is okay. I love sex now. I didn't, wasn't too crazy about it before. 
I don't know what the difference is, but um, I'm just more open to that kind of thing now. <laughs> you also like to sing now. Oh yes, I love to sing. I don't remember you singing before. No. After the uh, accident, I could barely talk. I decided that singing would help me get my voice back. It made me feel good, too. My mother's illness was one of those moments when time stops, when normal disappears, when you marvel that everyone else in the world can still laugh and go to the movies and complain about the weather. That's an explosion. In those moments... You can see life happen. It has clarity and meaning in the midst of all of its horror and pain. But then those moments pass, and you're consumed by the trivia of daily life once again. Sometimes when I'm overwhelmed by the task of making my way through the world, I try to focus on the fact that the electric bill does not matter. The idiot glued to their cell phone does not matter. The mind-numbing day job truly does not matter. But welcoming the strange and the different, being open and available for my husband, my friends, my family, experiencing love and laughter as often as possible, that's what matters. Because it can all be taken away in one brilliant flash. Do you feel different than other people? Well, I don't know. I don't know how other people feel. <laughs> but I do know that I don't worry about death at all. Not at all. Because I've kind of seen it and I've been there, you know. And that's very liberating. Did you have any memory of near-death experience? No. A lot of people have asked me that, but I didn't. Didn't see the white light or no. Well, not unless being a farmer, a vegetable farmer in Vietnam is the other side. You know, that could be what heaven's all about, being a vegetable farmer in Vietnam. <laughs> you know, maybe that's the whole thing. The Day My Mother's Head Exploded was written, performed, and produced by Hannah Palin with invaluable help from Nikki Palin and assistant producer and engineer Scott Bartlett. The Day My Mother's Head Exploded was recorded in the fall of 2002 as part of the Jack Straw Artist Support Program.